have the perfect, ideal American family. Little Gary with an eye runs home to mommy and identifies as daddy. Identifies as daddy, asks little Gary how she heard day went at school today. She led a protest and burned down the school. How proud mommy and identifies as daddy must be. After much embarrassment, mommy realizes that identifies as daddy hasn't had a bite to eat for dinner. Silly mommy and gender stereotypes. Identifies as daddy hurriedly puts her, I mean, his Bermuda shorts on, flip-flops, baseball cap, and baggy t-shirt. He makes sure that Ace Bandage is on good and tight and waddles into the yard to spend some quality time with Gary with an eye. Identifies as daddy throws like a girl, but we won't hold that against her now, will we? I mean him. I mean him! that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him... Thank you, Mr. President, for that um, interesting introduction. Good morning, America. You are listening to Percolating Perspective, the podcast that offers you some perspective on America. As always, I'm your host, Gordon Michael Porter, and today on Percolating Perspective, we are going to discuss one of the most basic building blocks of a free society, private property ownership. This is a basic God-given right that is protected by the Third and Fourth Amendments in the U.S. Constitution. This is a principle that is it is really, really being tested right now, from local government all the way to the federal level and world stage. But to be completely honest, it's being it's been tested since the very beginning of the country and even well before that. Before we get to the drip of the day, though, just a quick announcement that we'll be making on the next few podcasts. We are going to start pushing advertising and promotion hard into this summer. And as a result, we are going to have to make some pretty big design changes. And that includes, unfortunately, the name of the show. Uh, this all comes on the, on the good advice of our marketing consultant. And starting May 1st, the show will be renamed. Next week, we will release the new name as we are still finalizing a few things as far as uh, you know, advertisement and copyrights and things like that. So stay tuned next week for the new name. The format and the concept will not change. Uh, we'll continue to bring you great content every single week, as always. But in order to get that great content to more freedom and coffee-loving Americans like yourself, we have to repackage it into a bigger, more shiny box with a more inviting bow on top, of course. Think of it as we are building a better mousetrap to capture more people who are in need of some America and of some coffee and sometimes uh, a salty sense of humor. Uh, thank you to all of our listeners, though. You are making this show a success in very short order, and it's truly because of you and you telling your friends about us. that we've. And it's honestly because of that we've had to make these changes to accommodate a larger audience. It's the airline seatbelt extensions of podcasting. Sometimes you just need more fabric to strap everybody in. With all of that said, let's get into some Kofefe.
All right. So this morning we have got a very different coffee, again, coming from Hemisphere Coffee Roasters as we had last week. But this one is called Bourbon Barrel Aged Coffee. It is one of the most different coffees I have ever had. It's very good. It's just different. Um, it tastes like the name suggests. It's not Obviously, it's not alcoholic, but it, it is aged in an old bourbon barrel. And it's really good. It's it's kind of got a twang, of course, to it. It's sweet, um, but we've got some here. It's really good. It's 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 an acquired taste, you know, because it's not what you're expecting when it comes to coffee. But it does have a, I don't know. It's got a, a just a weird uh, kind of twinge to it in a good way. Weird. Um, I really recommend you try it. Cool enough, it comes in a glass bottle. It doesn't come in a bag. I think you can get it in a bag, but when you order it from Hemisphere, it comes in a glass, like a Maker's Mark type whiskey looking bottle with a wax deal on top. So it's a really different, different cup of coffee. I believe it comes whole bean. You might can get it ground. I'm not entirely sure about that. What I have here is whole bean and you have to grind it. So if you don't have a coffee grinder, spend $15 at Walmart and get a coffee grinder because it is worth it. Um, not only just for the bourbon barrel aged coffee, but for any of your coffee, it's worth it uh, to have you know, a coffee grinder on hand because Truth be told, coffee, when it comes ground in a bag, just it does lose flavor. It does lose a lot of its intensity and its you know wide spectrum of flavors. So really consider doing that. Get a coffee grinder, but specifically so that you can try the bourbon barrel aged coffee from Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. It is good. Cannot recommend it enough. You need to go try it. All right, so let's jump into it head first. We are going to discuss the Third and Fourth Amendment, but specifically private property ownership and how that relates to a free society. So quickly, I'll just briefly read over the Third and Fourth Amendments here just to re-familiarize yourself with them. If you have your your Constitution app on your phone or your iPad, like we discussed last week, or if you have a pocket Constitution um, this will be the Third and Fourth Amendments course. So Third Amendment, probably least familiar of all the all the parts of the Bill of Rights that we're used to, but uh, mainly because we haven't had to deal with it. But Amendment 3, no soldier shall in time of peace be quartered in any house without the consent of the owner, nor in time of war, but in a manner to be prescribed by law. And then the Fourth Amendment is one we're probably more familiar with, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects, uh, effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated and no warrants shall issue, but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation and, and particularly describing the place to be searched and the person or things to be seized. So right out the gate here, we have two amendments to the Constitution, two clarifications to the Bill of Rights or in the Bill of Rights to the Constitution that private property is sacred, private property cannot be touched by government, and any government is out of their jurisdiction who touches it. And something important to remember about the Constitution and the Bill of Rights in particular, they don't just, they're not just there for the U.S. federal Constitution. These are principles. So these are not just laws that we, you know, the founders put in place to hold back the federal government. These are principles that are to be followed by the federal government, but even, you know, state government and local government. Um, 
there is a lot of discussion on the Fourth Amendment regarding, you know, having a warrant for searches and seizures, and rightfully so. If property is not yours, then there is no need for a warrant. And so a warrant, as we just read here, it can only be given if there's probable cause and you have to have uh, have it supported by oath of affirmation or affirmation rather, and it has to be specific. It cannot be, you know, hey, judge, we want to go search this guy's house. And he says, okay, that's fine. Go ahead. That's not the way it works. You have to have a probable cause. So we have evidence that this guy has got, you know, I don't know, cocaine or something in his closet. You have to provide evidence that, or, you know, at least a very good probable cause that that's there. And then you have to say, we suspect that it's in the broom closet of his kitchen in this house at this address. And the judge says, okay. Uh, And with that oath and affirmation that the judge has already took generally, the warrant is issued. And then the police can come in, you know, with a warrant and search that specific area and nothing more. So the Constitution, just in the Fourth Amendment, makes it very clear that the government has no jurisdiction to come into your house and search your stuff. Why? It's your stuff. It is not the government's stuff. It's nobody else's stuff. It's not your neighbor's stuff. And it's not your neighbor's decision on whether or not the government can come in or not. That's why a warrant is necessary. But interestingly, in the Third Amendment, something that's often overlooked is this is also regarding property rights. No soldier shall in time of peace be quartered in any house without the consent of the owner, nor in time of war, but in a manner to be prescribed by law. So what this is saying here is you as a private homeowner, you can the government cannot force you to house government employees or even to allow government employees into your home for any additional reason without consent. So the this is a very clear principle given here in the Constitution. Well, where does that principle come from? Well, we're not even going to go look, you know, into specifics in the Bible because there's so many in the Bible. So we're just going to start with a few things that we know up front, one of which being God gave the garden to Adam and Eve for them to tend. There was no government between man and God when it came to their tending of their home and their stewardship of their home. It was theirs to tend to. God gave it to them to tend to, and they answered to God for that. Case in point, I think that's pretty clear. Later on, we have Israel, who was given the land of Canaan, who that later became you know, Israel, Jerusalem in particular, the city of Jerusalem. At the center of that, God gave it to them. There was no overarching government other than the, you know, just the general government of Israel that God set up as a, you know, a form of constitutional republic. And we, we've got into that in the past, and we'll get into it a little bit more in the future. But point being here, all through the Bible, it is overwhelmingly clear in the Bible that God does not believe that property belongs to government. And that is something that, that we have really, I think, we've really started to see that a road in the United States. I don't think it's anywhere close to where it is in the rest of the world, but you know, I think it I think it is coming and it's you know, it's a real problem because that is as we mentioned in the intro, that is a basic building block of a free society. And well, why is that? Well, let me back up and just kind of give you a, a personal anecdote about a situation that happened with my wife and I while we were in uh, Ireland. We went over in 2019. Uh, it was, I believe, in April of 2019, and we were driving around one day. It's raining a little bit. Not bad. It's Ireland, so, I mean, it's always raining a little bit, 
Uh, we're in the town of Wellington Bridge, which is on the south side of Ireland, and there's a man that lives there named Ray Cod. And his property, he's got these beautiful old Norman castles on his property. And so my wife loves that kind of stuff as far as, you know, old Norman Viking ruins and stuff like that. So, yeah, I do too. So we're driving by and we notice it's in the middle of a sheep field and we're looking for the guy that owns this sheep field so we can go look and crawl over these castles and, and really look at it. So we drive down the driveway. We finally find the house. We knock on the door and we ask the man, like, hey, do you mind if we go look at your castles? Like, these are amazing. These are like they're in really good shape. We later found out they were 1,400 years old, and they were in very remarkably good shape. Like we walked up the stairs in these things. But the uh, the owner, Ray Codd, he says, you know, most of the time when people come down here, they don't ask. They just go on the property and they start looking at, you know, they walk on it. So other, you know, normally I would tell you no, but since you came down here and asked, you are more than welcome to look at anything we have. And so we kind of pressed him on, like, not pressed him, but, you know, ab- after we spent some time with him, talked with him, we said, hey, you know, what? Uh, what's some situations you've had where people have come onto your property, you know, without asking? And one particular story that he stood, they said that stood out to me was uh, it was a British couple that came over to Ireland, I guess, for the weekend or whatever, you know, they were on vacation. And they just walk into his sheep field they open his gate walk into a sheep field and they're looking all over his castles and he (laughs) he says you know hey you need to get off my property this is my property they told him there is no such thing as private property so the man being the man he was and you know ireland and scotland being the birthplace of freedom and the scottish enlightenment and the the irish mind you know that is what produced freedom. The man says, well, I have a gun in the house, and that pretty much signs and seals the effort for me to have private property. And they left. And, you know, that's another discussion for another day on the Second Amendment, but the point being here is it's not... There's very few places on earth. In fact, I think that man is probably one of the few in Ireland that think this way, but private property ownership absolutely is a thing. And it must be protected. And honestly, that's the reason for the Second Amendment is to not only to protect protect your private property from, you know, neighbors, but to protect it from a out of control government. Uh, but again, that's another discussion for another day. You know, so this particular instance with you know Ray over in Ireland, this wasn't the government, but it was a wicked mindset that it was caused by an overreaching government right across the English or not the English Channel, but whatever the body of water is between Ireland and Great Britain, you know, that mindset comes from monarchy. You know, there is no private property. It's owned by the state. It's owned by the crown. Um, Another story recently, this happened in Walton County where I'm broadcasting this podcast from. Uh, We've got a story over uh, in a particular area, and I won't name names, but um, we'll just make up, you know, names. We'll say it's Walton County and it's in Mossy Head and it's on 1087. There is a a business there that has been there since uh, late 70s, long time, over 40 years. And this business is now coming under attack by the, not only the county commissioners, but also some of the locals in that area because they don't like the unsightly nature of the the junkyard. It's essentially a junkyard is what it is, a scrapyard. So the the 
people, the neighbors in the area that moved in, you know, five, ten years ago, they all of a sudden don't like the junkyard that they moved in next to. But they've gone to the county commission, the county commissioners, and have basically requested that they either sell their property and move or they zone them and and put so many permits on them that they can't do what they need to do to do the, to, to do business, essentially. The problem with that is once you give any government that kind of power, that government – the government's not turning loose of that power. you know. So it becomes a point of – you don't give government any authority you don't want them to use on you. And while that might be a selfish attitude, it is a self-policing attitude. And it's, a, it's an attitude that government has – or that – I'm sorry, that Americans have held for a very long time that you don't mess with people's private property and you certainly don't have government do your dirty work in doing that. That is a very, very slippery slope. And, you know, look at it this way. I know it's a outstanding and extraordinary circumstance that the American flag would ever become a, you know, a uh, a uh, offensive thing, you know, an offensive piece of material. Never would the American flag become that. But just think, let's just hypothetically say the American flag became, you know, offensive to somebody one day. What's to say now that you've given local government the the ability to say, hey, your property's ugly, we're going to take it from you or permit you to the point where you can't use it to make, you know to to do your business? Okay, so what's keeping the local government now from saying, hey, your flag is offensive. A lot of your neighbors are complaining about it. You know, it's that's that's a violation of local ordinance. We're going we're to need you to take that down, or you're going to have to move. No. No, I'm not taking that down. It's the American flag. It's my property, and it's my property to do what I want with it. That doesn't change. That doesn't end just because it's a business, and government has no authority to tell anyone what to do with their property. And to be completely honest, that is, you know, that's something that you know we're dealing with on the federal level too, with land grabs and the amount of property. You know, the U.S. government owns like something like 80 percent of the state of Utah. The, the the Bureau of Land Management, that's in, that's insane, and we you know we're at the same time while they own eighty percent of the state of Utah and refuse to allow it to be developed, out of one side of their mouth they're saying that, out of the other side of their ma- their mouth they're saying oh the world's overpopulated and we don't have place to we don't have anywhere to put all these people and we're just going to have to you know you know we're have to ramp up abortion to help the population control. You own 80% of the state of Utah that's undeveloped. Okay, that is a clear indication that what they are saying is a it's a load. Okay. Don't ever let don't ever give government power because they will abuse it and they will lie to you to keep it. And that is exactly what the federal government is doing right now. And they've been doing it honestly for a hundred years since Theodore Roosevelt started the you know the National Park Service, which I you know I don't want to get on the National Park Service. I you know I think that's I think there's merit to that, but it's a power that the government has abused. I think um, another thing that we're dealing with right now, and something that you really need to keep an eye on, is something called the World Economic Forum, and they believe that you don't know how to manage your private property. Uh, and you don't know how to do that in the best way for you. 
and they are doing this. They're saying that that you don't, that, you know, they want what's best for you. But in reality, they want control. They want global control. And what they're doing, they're disguising all of this in the name of a green agenda. But really, truthfully, there's nothing green about it. They're not doing anything that's helping the environment. They're saying it's helping the environment. But on their website, if they haven't taken it down, if they have taken it down, you need to get what's called the Wayback Machine, and you can find this very quickly. But their website, the website states, and I quote. You will own nothing and like it, end quote. How are they doing this? They're doing this by the collusion of big government and big business. So, you know, if you don't have, um, you know, your house isn't green enough, if you don't have enough insulation, oh, you have a gas stove, you can't have that, then a bank cannot loan you the money and the insurance companies cannot insure your property because you're not green enough. That's what's happening right now. And the United States, in fact, the the uh, Inflation Reduction Act was like 10% inflation reduction, which wasn't actually inflation reduction. The other 90% was all World Economic Forum wishlist stuff. You really need to pay attention to this. A lot of state governments are paying attention. They're doing a lot of good things to prevent it, but it's something you need to keep your thumb on and listen to. Somebody that has done yeoman's work on this uh, this concept is Glenn Beck over at The Blaze. And I really encourage you to go on YouTube Look up some of his videos where he discusses the World Economic Forum and what's called the Great Reset. If you haven't heard of that, you need to pay attention to it. It is it is really a, to say it's a big problem. It's an that's the understatement of the millennia. It is a complete restructuring of the entire world, specifically to give basically fifteen people in Davos, Switzerland, power. It's it's scary. It's really scary. I think we're making good strides to prevent it, uh, prevent it, and to protect the United States from that. And you know, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in in uh, the Netherlands right now that they're doing some stuff to protect themselves. But something you need to really pay attention to. the The problem here, though, is this is another attack, another attempt to remove private property from the individual. Um, you know, another another thing that has really been pervasive in the United States and several states uh, that's, that is, you know, ideologically has flaws behind it when it comes to private property ownership is, is income tax and property tax. Your money is your property. You know, income tax is not something that's in the Constitution. That is not a constitutional authority. Sales tax is is condoned by the Constitution. And I think there's merit to that ideologically. I think, you know, there is a reason for taxes. There is a reason why taxes exists. But just because you make money is not a reason for the government to tax you. You know, buying goods and things of that nature, you know, there there has to be a source uh, of income to help sustain, you know, the road systems, the utility systems, things like that, that the government, you know, the part of the Constitution that, that are the, the, uh, the preamble states, you know, promote the general welfare. Okay, well, you have to have finances to do that. So there is a, there is a time and place for taxes, but income tax is not that place. And property tax certainly isn't that place. Local governments love to do this, this this whole idea of property tax. We have it in the state of Florida and in Walton County, we have, you know, property taxes. And, you know, it's completely up to the will of the government to, you know, at least in Walton County. Yeah, they have metrics. Yeah, they have standards, but they don't. Whenever I get a bill in the mail at, at the, you know, the end of the year in November that says, hey, you owe this much to the government and property tax, I own my house. We don't have a mortgage on our land. 
And yet the government's still saying, hey, well, if you want to stay here and you don't want us taking that property, you better pay up. Excuse me? It's my property. Government has no right to it, biblical or constitutional right to it. It's a it's an evil that I have to deal with as a United States citizen, and I'm you know, and as a Walton County and as a Florida State citizen. But at the end of the day, that is theft. That is robbery. I don't care what kind of lipstick you put on that pig. That is theft. And I'm sorry, you know, I, you know, I don't care, you know, if the county commissioners or whatever else, if they think that that's incorrect, then they're then they're incorrect. It is theft, and it's something that really needs to be dealt with. There's plenty of states that don't have property tax, and that's certainly something that Florida needs to look into. And Ron DeSantis, I hope and pray that you're listening to this because that would make just absolutely make my day. But, you know, if you uh, are listening to this, let's take a look at that because that's a real ideological problem when it comes to the basic building blocks of a free society. Um you know, income tax is something, like I just said a few minutes ago, it is not a constitutional thing. The founders never, ever intended for an income tax. Um, you know, another attack on uh, private property is zoning and zoning laws. And, you know, that's literally local government telling you what you can and cannot do with your property. That is, not only is that insanity, but it's also completely you know, it's at some level of harassment. I mean, if you think about the situation I was just talking about in um, uh, here in Walton County, the local story, the whole con- the, uh, the conversation they were having was over zoning laws and whether they were zoned to do this or zoned to do that. Okay, well, the the owner of the scrapyard was there, listening to all this. He's listening to bureaucrats and neighbors bickering over what to do with his property. Uh back off. It's his property. You have absolutely zero. I don't care what proximity you live to that. You have no right to tell anybody what to do with their property. I don't care if he has a 900 foot golden statue of Baal in his yard. While I think that is atrocious and hideous and, and, and pagan and heathen, you don't have a right to tell him not to do it. Sorry, I'm ranting here a little bit, but, you know, it's amazing to me. It truly is amazing. It's, it's an interesting thing in America where, you know, we hold these standards for federal government that we won't hold for local government. You know, if it affects our little bubble locally, then we have to just throw principle to the wind. You know, if it's somebody that we don't like and we think that they, you know, handle things incorrectly, well, government, you know, we want government then to come in and take their property or tell them what to do with their property. You know, what if you, you know, what if you have a, you know, the example you used a few minutes ago, what if the, the county commission now comes to you and says, hey, that American flag in your yard is offensive to your neighbors. You didn't take that down. Okay, well, then we're going to have to roll out in the yard and fight because you're not taking that flag down. Sorry. You know, it's not, and it's not even because I need a flag in the yard. It's because you don't have a right to tell me not to have that flag. That is a basic American, it's not even American principle. It's a God-given principle of the right to property. Okay, that's what we're talking to be here about here. You know, these American principles, Christian principles, they don't just apply, as we said a few minutes ago, they don't just apply to the federal government. They apply to local and state governments, probably more so than the federal government, because the federal government, while, you know, it is very possible that one day they do come, you know, just as the British did with the colonies back in, in the 1700s, it's very possible that a that a 
country government, if you want to call it that, a national government would come to a private citizen and say, hey, we're taking your property. That's absolutely possible. And that's happening, you know, like we just said with the income tax. But it's much, 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 much more likely that a local or a state government is going to come to an individual and say, hey, we're taking your property. Sorry. No. No, you're not. No, you're not. Sorry. Um, You know, it is critically important. I don't know if you can hear it. It's absolutely pouring down rain. You can hear it through the insulation and the soundproofing in my studio. It is pouring here uh, in the Sunshine State. So that's that's just wonderful. You hear that. It is pouring. I actually just got a notification a few minutes ago that uh, it looks like 25 people were just killed in Mississippi in a tornado. That is incredibly sad. Uh, so pray for those families. But back on topic here. So <sighs> Why is property ownership so sacrosanct? Why is that so critical to a free society? Well, if a government can take your property and if a government can take, if you don't own anything and you like it, that is slavery. You are servant to somebody because you have no say on where you live at that point. You have no say on your your um, quality of life, your standard of living. That is now determined by some egghead bureaucrat, and that's that's not acceptable. That is that is slavery, as we just said a second ago. If you are willing to allow somebody else to make decisions for your property, then you are a slave. You know, the United States was built on the concept of you know local individual governance. You know, the individual governs themselves. The individual has a right to worship and honor God as they see fit and to live their lives unmolested by a government. How can you do that if you don't own your own property, if you are not the sole owner of your land, of your property? And that's not just house and land. That's your car. That's your computer. That's your phone. That's your your family, your wife, your kid. Your kid. Listen. And, I'm, and let me just clarify that. I'm not saying that your wife or your your wife is your property. And I almost said that your kid's not your property. I do believe that your kid is, I won't say property just because I know that that upsets some people. But really and truthfully, until that kid is able to sustain themselves, uh, you know, when they're out on their own, you have every right to dictate what they do, where they go, all that business. And I know being a kid myself not too long ago, I know that's hard to hear as a kid, but that is, you know, 100% true. If you are not um, sustaining your own way and you're not providing for yourself and you're relying on somebody else, well, guess what? If you're relying, if you're dependent on somebody else, you are not uh, independent. Something we all have to remember is that principles are principles. They exist before we do, and they exist well after we do. They are eternal. They are something that is long-lasting. So they're not something that just come and go as you please. They're not something that, well, they apply here, but they don't apply there. They apply here because it's federal. They don't apply here because it's in my backyard. Principles are principles. Principles are unmovable. They do not leave whenever you want them to, and they don't show up when you want them to. They exist, and they are always, always, always applicable. Okay? Laws aren't always applicable. Principles always are applicable. 
Okay, so that is something we really have to remember when it comes to private property ownership is that is a principle. It is not a law. That is a principle that predates the United States and it predates civil government. And, you know, American, the American people, we have to keep the mindset and attitude that your property is your property and the government can roll it up real tight and stick it. Government at all levels has God-given jurisdiction, and your property does not fall under that jurisdiction. Your property is yours. Your property is yours alone. Nobody else can touch that. Again, we mentioned this a few minutes ago. Whether that's your car, your house, your land, or your money, government has no right to get their grimy paws on any of your property or tell you what to do with your property, for that matter. Government only exists to protect your God-given rights. That is... That is stated in the Declaration of Independence, and but the, but the, it's a principle. It predates the the Declaration of Independence. Government only exists to protect your God given rights, and that's something you can go back and listen to our episode on the Declaration of Independence. We go over that in detail. Government is you know it has become a parasitic beast that feeds off of the host, the taxpayer, until it eventually kills it. But it, that is not God's intention for civil government. That's no, not the American way of doing it. And the reason I conflate those two is because they are the same. God's way of doing it and the way America started out are one and the same. I believe that the way that the founders set up government was as close to what we could get uh, for what God wanted for civil government as we could get because they studied it and they sought it out. That was their intention for the American government. And as an American, you can and should feel proud to embrace that self-righteous attitude of property ownership because it truthfully is righteous. You are a property owner if you do own property. And if you don't own property, go buy some property. Own it. Get it. Buy it. Take it. Make it yours. And whenever somebody tries to tell you what you should or should not do with that property, or when government tries to step in and tells you what you should or should not do with that property, or even for that matter, tries to take it from you with with means or the only mean of just, well, they wanted to, okay, well, you're going to have to do better than that. If it's just like if, if somebody has gone to prison or they've gone bankrupt, that's one thing. If they have put themselves in that position and they have put their property on the line as collateral or something else, that's one thing. But when government just says, hey, mm, uh, we're not really liking the way you're running that property or even if they just come up and say, hey, we're taking your property. No, no, you're not. You're not just taking my property. And as an, it is healthy it is a healthy attitude to keep your country free is to have that attitude, that self-righteous attitude of property ownership. Government cannot take your property without cause. That is a basic fundamental right of freedom. If you own nothing, first of all, you won't like it. That's a lie. But if you own nothing, you are a slave. If you own nothing, you will be serving a master and as the Bible says, you cannot serve two masters. And essentially where I'm going with that is if you serve a master, you cannot worship God as you see fit, which is the original design intent of the United States. All this said, I urge you to keep your ear to the ground on 
not only a local level and a state level, but keep your ear to the ground on the national level with the World Economic Forum stuff that's happening right now. And the, the Biden administration, you know, I know this show, I, I've done as best I could to keep this as apolitical as possible. But when you're talking about American culture, it's nearly impossible to do that. You know, politics is a a large piece of American culture, and, and rightfully so, and for good reason. But keep your ear to the ground on that, and whenever you start seeing stuff, you know, you have to call your representative. Even if you feel like you're not represented, you have to make your voice heard in Washington, D.C., or even in your state capitol, or at your board of county commissioners if you have something like that. You have got to get involved, and you have to make it clear the government can can stick it. That is a that is you know, America was born out of a healthy distrust of government, and for good reason, because when it gets a little taste of blood, it expands rapidly, and we saw that you know most recently. I think we saw that after nine eleven, where the American people willingly gave a lot of power to the government because. You know, you know, I'm not throwing stones at that. I mean, we just had a a severe, the worst terrorist attack on American soil since Pearl Harbor. In fact, you can make the argument worse because it was civilian. But you know, so I understand where that, why that power was given. But if that's not a case study of why, under under no circumstances should you give the power to the government, I don't know what is a case study. We gave them an inch, and they took hundreds of miles and we're still dealing with the results of that from the NSA uh, you know the FBI the CIA you know doing investigations and research on American citizens without a warrant and without knowledge we saw that with President Trump uh, whenever you know the whole wiretapping thing came up with the Obama administration was wiretapping Donald Trump's phones for some quote unquote national security reason that they still have not proved or even come up with any sort of idea or, or accusation. You cannot give government power and expect them not to use it on you. You can't do it. That's a principle. If absolute power corrupts, absolutely. And that's local government, that's state government, that's federal government, and now what they're attempting to be world government. You cannot let that happen. You have to make your voice heard. You have to stand up, get a self-righteous attitude about private property, you know, and and be that cranky old grandfather or uncle that stands up and says, get off my lawn or slow down in front of my house. It's your property. And you have got to, if you don't, like I said, if you don't own property, I cannot encourage you enough to own property. It does something special inside of you to own your property. It's a it's a it's nothing short than a miracle. I mean it's it's a wonderful thing to own property and have sovereign governance over your own little territory. It's remarkable. I can't encourage you enough to do that, but when you do do it, when you do get a piece of property that you can call your own, you need to feed that self-righteous attitude of back off, leave my property alone, don't touch it. It's mine, it's not yours, back off. That, that is the cornerstone of freedom. That is the cornerstone of individual liberty, is property ownership. With that, America, I love you. 
I do love you dearly. I love everything you are. I love your foundations. I love your culture. Until next week, God bless America. Stay safe. Stay dry.